Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're back on a Monday on Fantasy Sports today here on FNTSY Radio, recapping the weekend in the NFL, a preview of tonight's Monday night football game and some records being chased by individual players in the league as well. Fantasy Sports today starts now. Fantasy Sports today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today, Monday, November 18th, 2019. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. At Craig Mish on Twitter, at Joe Pizzapia 17 as we look forward to going over everything that happened this weekend in the NFL. A ton of points in a lot of the games. So hopefully you guys got your 100, 115, 120 points in fantasy football because that's certainly what it would take this weekend. And uh, Joe, certainly a lot of points to go around around the league. We have some individual players who are now chasing down some serious milestones in the history of the NFL. And obviously the MVP race is getting closer and closer. looks like a two-man race at this point, as a matter of fact. Maybe three, maybe three. Maybe McCaffrey is the third. But it is certainly uh, heating up in the NFL, no doubt. Yeah, some crazy things going around, too. Plus, how about those Atlanta Falcons? What What's going on there? The Atlanta Falcons defense not giving up a touchdown in the last two games, giving up a total of how many? 12 points in the last two games to the Saints. And then the Carolina Panthers on the road, two games? I mean, I know Dan Quinn gave out the play calling, but my goodness, is Dan Quinn that awful of a play caller that all of a sudden – that defense goes from being awful to one of the best in football. That is a huge, drastic turn. But you're right. The MVP race is definitely tightening here. I think it's Lamar Jackson's to lose. That was an incredible performance. I got to watch that game start to finish, and that was just incredible. You know, he has more broken tackles than any other quarterback rushing this year. Now, yes, granted, he rushes a lot more than most quarterbacks, but still, he's out there in space. He's not just sliding all the time. He's out there getting extra yardage, making things happen. Had some good throws as well. That was an incredible job by that Ravens team and that defense as well. And it seems like ever since Peterson, uh, Peters got there that all of a sudden that defense has got taken up a notch because I think the first month or so of the season, I was not impressed with the Ravens defense. But I would say over the last couple of games, Craig, I don't know about you, but I feel like that unit's really come together quite well. Yeah, and, and at this point, with the way that they are playing and, and still with a couple of easy games left on their schedule, uh, I mean, it, it would be a long shot, I suppose, for them to be the number one overall seed. But, uh, you know, in New England, basically at this point, has got to go like 14-2 and two or 15-1 and one because obviously if they tie with Baltimore, yeah, that AFC championship game would go there. And that would definitely change my opinion and change the landscape of the AFC. We're not there yet. Still a long way to go. But, you know, that certainly could happen. And. You know, Joe, a lot of players are chasing down the best fantasy seasons of all time. McCaffrey as a running back is chasing down the best uh, running back season of all time in fantasy football. 
Uh, Michael Thomas is chasing down the top receiving season all time in fantasy football. All time. Most yards all time. Uh, and, uh, and, Lamar, and Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Look, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to match a couple of those Brady seasons and then the Peyton Manning season where he threw like, well, I don't remember how many touchdowns it was, like 50-something touchdowns. Oh, 50. Yeah, they each had 50. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson still got some work to do there. But I mean, he could it's be different. top five all time. I mean, it's in, in a totally unique way, too, right? I mean, that's it's not like the, the pocket passer. Oh my god, what a quarterback season! It's the oh my god, what an incredible offensive weapon he is, and it, it's it's fun to watch. And uh, you know what? A, a couple of those throws yesterday, he showed you this guy can throw the football. All right, I'm so sick of t- uh, you know I, I've heard on some other stations, some other places too. People continuously still bashing this guy, and I don't get it. Like I, I look at it, Craig, and I'm thinking to myself, what are these people watching? Are they not watching this guy play, or is it the other thing where they are just so afraid to admit that they're wrong about their analysis? And God forbid, you know, you bring up any other things about why people don't think he's any good, and they, oh, that couldn't be the reason. Well, guess what? Some people think that, and and I'll tell you what. Watching Lamar Jackson play this year, if you're not impressed, I don't know. I don't know. I feel bad for you because you're not enjoying life. Uh, here's the rest of the six weeks for the Ravens. You tell me if there's a loss in here. At the Rams, they're at home against the 49ers. That should be a heck of a game. That's on De- uh, December 1st, has that game and the Patriots-Chiefs game. That is going to be a heck of a weekend of football. Then you got the Bills. Uh, then they have the Jets at home there in Baltimore on the road for the Browns. And at home against the Steelers, I don't know. Maybe the 49ers, maybe that's a loss for them. It could be. It could be. Look, you never know. It's coming right down to the end with a lot of this. And I think some of the better teams, uh, you know, have slid back over the last couple of weeks. Some of the teams have moved up a little bit. And there's quite the parity that we did not have at the beginning of the season is starting to take hold here in the 60% mark in the season for sure. So we'll get into that as well uh, over in college football, Joe, and you know, we'll talk about this a little, a little bit later, but uh, for those people who are, you know, still very heavily engaged, I mean, Clemson is on this historic run. They've won by 45 points, three straight games in a row. People are forgetting about them for the championship. That would be a huge mistake. Uh, Ohio state continues to roll. They beat up on Rutgers. So Ohio state is in the position to get into the final four. They'll play Penn state this week. They obviously have to win that game and then win the big 10 championship game. LSU, is uh continues to roll but their defense isn't really good there could be an upset brewing with that and then georgia took care of auburn so that sets up for the final four and then joe alabama is on the outside looking in but again georgia could conceivably lose in that sec championship to lsu you could put alabama in the national championship game you could put i'm sorry in the college football playoff but then what does it say about Oregon playing Utah, the six and seven teams? They're playing for the Pac-12 championship. Man, it seems to me with Alabama is going to have a hard time getting into the uh, to playoff, especially now without their quarterback for a while. It's it's definitely going up. It's an uphill battle for them right now. And, uh, you know, I know there was a lot of, oh, what's they been doing? Putting them out there so stupid. But you know what? The, the, the players want to play. You know, it's very hard to take these guys out, especially he did miss some time. So you want to go in there in-game and work on things. I get that. And injuries happen. It's unfortunate. But, you know, uh, it, they are in a spot now where they are definitely behind the eight ball. I'm wondering also, too, if the backup quarterback comes in and plays really, really well, does that kind of put into perspective – 
Tua's ability when you're looking at him as an NFL quarterback? Is he a guy that's really propped up by how good the talent around him is? Or is he a guy that's just that good and he happens to be surrounded by great talent? Do you think that that's going to have any kind of impact on top of the obviously the injury is going to have on his draft stock? He's fantastic and I wouldn't lose sleep at all with him. Okay, But, but, but he's got a very big decision to make, I think, at this point because of, of people like you, which is fair, by the way, which is fair to have that assessment. But well, it's not assessment. It's a question. I'm not assessing. I just want to be clear. I'm not but it, saying. But it could. But it could be. But it's a fair. It's a fair it's a consideration by you. Right. It's a fair, I don't think so. But it's a fair question by you. And I think what Tua has to ask himself and his family, who are very heavily involved, by the way, in every decision that he makes. The father is extremely involved. Uh, if 25 percent of the people who were involved in the decision making process think the way that you think, it may be in Tua's best interest, Joe to come back next year and play at Alabama. It may be if look, if he is going to slip down in the middle of the first round or the end of the first round, he could come back the following year and with a great year, be the number two or number one overall pick in the draft. He could potentially be costing himself hundreds of millions of dollars. And by the way, going into a bad situation at quarterback too in the NFL. So he's got to make a big decision, but you know what? The combine is going to come. The end of the season is going to come. We'll be able to make a, cold take as opposed to a hot take which is right now trying to predict what in the world is going to happen with him but fair point fair point he's had some injuries last couple of years two ankle injuries and now a hip uh clearly joe burrow's number one pick overall no doubt as Uh we speak absolutely all right uh we'll take a quick time out we got the opening drive coming up next on fantasy sports today you're listening to craig and joe here with you on fntsy radio we're off and running here on this monday don't go away NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. And this is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. No doubt about this. There's a lot to get to from over the weekend. Some fantasy studs, uh, a few fantasy duds, but for the most part, I I think players got what they wanted out of their guys, honestly, over the weekend. Not a lot of uh, mishaps, that's for sure. But we start off and continue the conversation here on first down, which is Tua Tagovailoa, who is going to be out for the season for Alabama. This was the tank for Tua. This was the consensus first pick overall in the draft. A friendly reminder that we get way too crazy about this stuff early on in the season. Kyler Murray, nowhere near at this time last year, Joe, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. In November, 
of 2018, no one thought Kyler Murray was going to be the first pick in the draft. Even now, okay, he was still <laughs> not even the favorite for the Heisman. Okay, things change very quickly in college. This is why it's so much fun. This is why games like Baylor and Oklahoma make the NFL look dumb. You get one great game in college that makes every other NFL game look bad throughout the week. College is, to me, so much more exciting. But, Joe, we kind of laid out in the previous segment some potential possibilities, one of which, and it may not be the, the, the strongest one, which is that Tua could potentially decide to come back and play another season at Alabama. He'd be passing up millions of dollars for sure. But once he makes that decision, Joe, and he goes in combine... If, if the combine doesn't look, I think it's silly, but if the combine doesn't look good, all of a sudden Tua slips and goes to the, you know, somewhere in the draft where he doesn't want to be, he's really got no choice. So, man, this is really interesting for him. And I think, Joe, we would agree for Alabama, a miracle would be required for them to win the championship at this point. I think so. And miracles do happen, especially with well-coached teams that have as much talent as Alabama. And certainly with a rallying cry of injured Tua certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, I gave this a lot of thought over the weekend when this injury happened. I talked about it on Sunday with some of the guys at the studio. We were chatting about this. And I feel like there's a lot more risk of him coming back than entering the draft. Because you come back, let's say the hip doesn't look good. Let's say he doesn't play well. All of a sudden, he's really hurt his draft stock going into the next year. And maybe he becomes a second or third round pick, which I don't think no matter what, he falls out of the first round because of the kind of talent he offers. And that this is his one opportunity to go out there now and get paid. And I feel like the family, I feel like him, everybody around him should look at this and go like, look, you've had a couple injuries now. This is a really serious one. What do you have to prove here in college? Absolutely nothing. Go out there. And if you should fall in the draft, you're actually going to go to a better team. Imagine a team that's very good right now, picking in the late 20s or early 30s who can take him, have him rest for a year or two behind a, a, a really good quarterback or just sit for a year even and get healthy and get right. Oh my goodness, what a great situation it is. I think it's the best of all worlds. He might not get number one overall money now, but he's going to get paid and he could end up in a better situation. And long term, that's better for your career anyway in terms of making money. So why wouldn't you want that to happen? So to me, I think it would be very foolish for him to try to come back another year. There's nothing left to prove. There's nothing really to gain. I think you have everything to lose. Whereas if you go and you never become a good NFL player, hey, at least you got paid. It's an interesting dilemma that he's going to have for sure, no doubt. And uh, he, you know, the, the points you make are definitely fair. He could also go back to Alabama and potentially win a championship uh, again. So really curious stuff here with uh, Tua. But obviously, we wish him the best of health. I mean, there's, that's the first. Yeah, he seems like just the best kid in the world too. Like he just seems like such a good guy. You just hate it's, when you hate when things happen to anybody, yeah, especially when one of these kind of kids. Yeah, and, and the same injury as Bo Jackson. Uh, but as it was pointed out, uh, the medical team. Uh, in the first 12 hours or 14 hours of Bo Jackson's injury didn't do anything. And that let that hip get into a really bad spot, apparently right on the spot. And then when they flew him to the doctor, they, they stabilized things that would prevent the kind of injury that Bo Jackson had, that degenerative hip. So hopefully that is the case for sure. All right. Uh, also in college, this was just something that I saw over the weekend. Thank goodness I was not involved in any of this. But uh, Colorado State, with with basically no time left, Joe, on the one-yard line of, of Air Force, they would not have won this game. But they were covering the game with a chance to make it closer with no time left. The only thing that couldn't happen is with them on the one yard line, throwing a pass, intercepted, and the other team ran it back. That's the only thing that that's the only thing that couldn't happen for them not to cover. And that's exactly what happened to Colorado State. An amazing bad beat. And perhaps even worse for those people who took the Arizona Cardinals and waited until game day, which is always a mistake. You have to know where the, which way the lines are going to go. It was 11 and a half in all the contests, 11 going into Sunday. But on Sunday... Arizona was plus 10 going into that game against the San Francisco 49ers on the very last play of the game. 
the offensive lineman for the 49ers decides it's a good idea on the last play of the game to throw the ball backwards 15 yards to keep the play alive. Uh, Arizona does. I'm sorry. Arizona's offensive lineman. San Francisco picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. Game over. 10 points. Talk about bad beats. Last week, this weekend, was a huge bad beat weekend, Joe. Crazy stuff happening at the end of the game. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Uh, that's uh, not a good look there. Um, I'll tell you this. It's it's certainly the NFL, like you said earlier in the first segment, parody starting to show up a little bit more. Uh, you know, college football, all kinds of wacky things always happen. That's That certainly goes without saying. But in the NFL, we've been waiting for it. In the haves and have-nots, and, you know, you've seen the Dolphins be more competitive the last couple weeks. You've seen... Uh, um, you know, the Oakland Raiders become go from a laughing stock last year to be a very, very competitive football team this year. A very good football team, I think. Um, and then you've seen some other teams kind of fall back to the pack that I had expectations for. You know, I, I thought Jacksonville was going to make a statement in this game, especially with so many injuries in the Colts. And then they lose Marlon Mack in that game as well. And then what happens? They get their doors blown off. Unbelievable. I, I, that, that shocked me. And I really thought Jacksonville was going to take advantage of a team that was really beat up. And they just didn't. And the Colts, God, you know, Frank Reich, you know, I, I keep saying it. I don't know how he's not coach of the year. I really don't. I don't know who has done more with a team or more with less and had to deal with more adversity as a football coach than this man this year. And his team still goes out there and competes and wins football games. It's madness. But you're right in terms of bad beats. And that's also why it's important, I guess, to recognize which lines you should jump on earlier. Is that correct, Craig? Yeah. Well, you just say you have to. It's not easy to do, but you have to know. Or get a general idea which way the money is going. Like the Cowboys did, line, too, too, with the whole Stafford injury. Well, nah, nah, there's nothing you could do about that. I mean, you, you, there was no line even available midway through the week, unfortunately. That's a bad example. But, but an example. Oh, I, that's weird because I saw on FanDuel, there was a, when we did the not, show on Wednesday, there was a six there. Yeah, so what's the difference? Six, six and a half, seven. Oh, I, I mean, just, it's. It, right. Well, the the, the yeah. point is, is that you, you have to, you have to, if, if you know what you're going to do on Sunday, you have to know on Wednesday or Thursday, or you have to try to get a general idea. Now, if you're. If you're betting that and if you're going into Sunday and you're making those bets, there's also an opportunity in some of those to wait to Sunday because you can get a better line. But the point is, is that if you're ahead of the line, 60, 65 percent of the time, you're already trying to beat Vegas. You're already doing a good job. So in this particular case, Arizona in contests on Wednesday, Wednesday night. And in fact, uh, Howard and I had that. It was 11 and a half. And in another one, it was 11. But the t- and it, by the way, if they would have kicked the extra point, which they didn't have to, it would have been a push, which would have been a total disaster. But. Uh, contest stories for another day, um, but a good weekend. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, chasing NFL record. Joe, is he the be- is he having the best wide receiver season of all time? Yes or no? Uh, he's certainly on track for it. I'm going to say yes right now, but he's got some games left to go. His game log is fantastic. I mean, he's got over 100 yards receiving one, two, three, four, five, six times already in nine games. Uh, excuse me, 10 games now. He's already got 94 receptions and. 1141 yards and five touchdowns now look you, you can say well it'd be nice to have more touchdowns but let's also not forget there was a chunk of the season he was playing with teddy bridgewater who was you know more limited than drew Brees, certainly to that extent bridgewater did an admirable job but let's not pretend like he's you know drew Brees. but my goodness you look at these first four years of of the consistency of michael thomas i can understand wanting to take him just number one overall in a fantasy league next year just because you know exactly what you're getting and the fact that health of a wide receiver compared to health of a running back is so much better, just typically speaking. And I, I think I might have to take a serious run at that in the Black Book next year and really dig into that and whether or not I want to put him number one overall. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's kind of dive into this interesting note, which is Taco Bell wants to get involved in Thanksgiving, Joe. And we only have about a minute to go, which is plenty to go for this. <laughs> they want you to take your tacos, grind them up and serve them for Thanksgiving. Now, I got to tell you, nothing says Thanksgiving like blended tacos into dinner table uh, a week from Thursday, right? 
No, nothing says Thanksgiving like Taco Bell. That's uh, what? What do you mean? Grind them up? I'm just throwing them in a blender. Yeah, like throw them in a blender and you make bisque. So I'm making a soup out of this. That's what I'm doing. Taco bisque. Yes, taco bisque. This is absurd. You know, I've heard a lot of stupid things. I know it's a real story. Doesn't make it less. Most things in life are are they're real or most absurd. This is this is absolutely ridiculous. You know, I understand like oh, you know, someone else you, you pick up uh, you know not a good cook. You pick up Thanksgiving meal from somewhere. They prepare for you whatever. You pick it up and you serve it. Okay, fine. You're a terrible cook. Whatever. It's better than cooking me Taco Bell best and serving that to me on Thanksgiving. I am not thankful for this at all. Me either. No Taco Bell on Thanksgiving. Sorry guys. We'll take a time out. We'll be back to break down the Ravens and Texans. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. The Monday Replay. The Monday Replay. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open up your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Got to be in New Jersey to do it. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. And uh, speaking of gambling problems, make sure if you aren't winning this season, man, what a great weekend it was. First time I'll say it all season long here on week 11, although we have done it a couple of times. Uh, check out uh, Howard Bender and I's Wager Alarm live stream tomorrow night. The uh, only only out of all the entries in the world to go 7-0 and against the spread in the uh, congratulations. Very nice. Seven well and done, boys. And we are and we are chasing down uh, five and zero, oh, I believe tonight in the NFL in the Las Vegas Super Contest. So this is it. This is the first time we've done this season. I don't think we have any chance to win uh, either. Con- well, I don't know, maybe I doubt it. I doubt we have a chance to win, but certainly it was our best week thus far uh, this week. So it keeps us alive for some of the uh, extra money in the contest. So check that out tomorrow night. All right, uh, Ravens and Texans. Ravens uh, win this one easily, forty-one to seven. Lamar Jackson, as we talked about, 222 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 86 rushing yards. Ingram, 82, uh, 48 rush yards, also had two receiving touchdowns. This game was just, it just wasn't close. It was a total mismatch. Gus Edwards in relief, 112 yards, one touchdown. Andrews has been just out of this world this season as a tight end. I, I would suppose he's number one overall. I think he's got to be. Uh, Hollywood Brown, they didn't need him, so he just had two catches for 23 yards. Watson's MVP chances are done. 169 yards, yep. no touchdowns, one interceptions, a head-to-head matchup against the guy who's against him. That's pretty much it. Hyde came through. If you started him, nine for 65. Hopkins, okay, although he did have a pass interference in the end zone. We could have caught a touchdown, but, of course, they didn't overturn it. And uh, Fells, man, wow, what a dud uh, for people who played him at tight end this week. Just wanted to mention that. One for 15. That's kind of the problem with him is that you don't really know on a week-to-week basis, what he's going to do. But uh, Ravens just dominated this thing start to finish. It wasn't close, and uh, really nothing more to add. It looks like Baltimore 
is a top four team at the worst in the NFL. They're just crushing teams, rolling over teams. I would say they look better against Houston than they did against Cincinnati, if that's possible. I can't wait to see when they play San Francisco in a couple weeks. I'll tell you that December 1st, when they play San Francisco and you got the uh, the Patriots playing the Chiefs, that is some great football contest right there to be very excited about watching if you're a fan. Um, but I was shocked by this, honestly, not because the Ravens won, but because of what the score was. I thought Deshaun Watson and company, they were going to show up there and, you know, it's like, oh, Lamar Jackson, MVP. All right, well, hold my beer. Let's go check this out and see what I can do. And he couldn't do anything. I mean, the, he was he got sacked six times. Um Ever since Marcus Peters has got there, all of a sudden they've had a little bit better corner play, and that's allowed that front line to really get after the quarterbacks. And they put a lot of pressure on them, and the quarterbacks have made bad choices, bad decisions. And like you said, it was a complete mismatch. Mark Ingram had a fantastic catch there and then ran into the end zone. Um, he's been very good this year. He was a little quiet last week. A lot of people were you know, kind of rumbling, like, oh, my God, is he running out of steam? And I don't think that's the case you know, necessarily. He was active in this one again on both sides of the football, catching and, and uh, rushing. He had two touchdowns receiving in this one. And yeah, I think Mark, Mark Andrews right now, uh, now that Hooper is out for the rest of the year, basically, you can certainly make the argument that he's number one or two in terms of tight ends. He's been absolutely fantastic, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think the other thing that you take out of this game is, once again, this is another game where Lamar Jackson is spreading the ball around. Mark Andrews, Ingram, Ricard. Brown, Boyle, Hurst, Roberts, Sneed, Hill all had catches in this game. That's a lot of different guys. That means Lamar Jackson playing the position of quarterback well, finding the open guy and making things happen. So good job by him. Yeah, and, and I think uh, with, with the Ravens schedule coming up, as we've talked about, it'll be really interesting to see if they can move up and, and tie for that number one seed, keeping the pressure on New England for sure. They do not want to go to Baltimore at the end of the season of the AFC Championship, if it comes to that, to have to play them. That is no, that's could be the only roadblock between now and the Super Bowl for the Patriots. Uh, Cowboys beat the Lions in another wildish game, 35 to 27. You know, I have to go back now and, and looking at those Dak Prescott odds to win the MVP and, and really say that I was wrong here because for three straight weeks, he's thrown for over 400 years. I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but yes, if, if the season ended today, he would have to be in the top five. He's in the top five everywhere to, to bet on it, and he's got to be in there. And I guess I just, it's kind of caught up on me. So he's got 1,200 passing yards the last three weeks, three touchdowns, because Elliott's having a hard time running, although he did score a touchdown this one, 45 yards, two for 28. Uh, Gallup was a monster. He made some huge catches. Great catch there on that side around that guy's head. Unbelievable. He made made a few good ones. Uh, Cobb was really good, too. He even had more targets, dropped a couple, four for uh, 115 for him. Pollard, four for 44 and a touchdown. Cooper early on in the game came out, came back in. I think he was a little banged up in this game. So unfortunately, a dud for him, but. Can't complain with him. He's been great all season long. Uh, Jeff Driscoll looked actually good. I don't know. Dallas's defense may not be as good as advertised. They certainly didn't get to him a lot, and they really didn't shadow him enough because he rushed for 51 yards and a touchdown, 209 yards and two touchdowns. I think going into next year, Driscoll becomes a top five backup at the very least in the NFL. He's shown he could play a little bit. Uh, Out of nowhere, Bo Scarborough from Alabama came into this game. Wow, Scarborough's a pretty good running back at Alabama, more of a bruiser type, but did not see him getting the lion's share of the carries, and he did. 55 yards and a touchdown, so he'll be a hot name picked up this week for sure in fantasy. Uh, Marvin Jones, another big game, 43 yards, two more touchdowns for him. Wild season. McKissick was okay, not terrible, but more of the bust type. And Galladay, unfortunately, was a huge bust. And, uh, you know, week to week, you just don't know what he's going to do. But certainly uh, the uh, the takeaway also on this one, why, why these teams keep going for two to make the game uh, less than seven, I just have no idea. I can't figure out this one, but I certainly will take it because I had Dallas. And it was not a great pick, but I mean, the Lions going for two, I don't get it. They, these teams keep doing it. And why not just go for it at the end of the game to win the game as opposed to going for like what metrics tell you that you're supposed to go I, I for think, it here? 
I think some of it has to do with whether, you know, how long the drive is, the defense tired, you have momentum, are they on their heels? I think that, I think it's a feel. I I think that's all it is, honestly. I like what you did there too. Well, it might be bad, but I'm saying I believe, I believe the metrics probably telling you that, you know, if if you do it here in a spot where you have momentum, you have a better chance of succeeding Um, and just taking the shot while you're hot. I I guess I don't agree with it because then you're down, now you're down eight. (laughs) I'm just trying to throw out the reasoning. I don't know, but congratulations to Dallas fans because uh, we're (laughs) Cowboys betters. And if if you bet the Lions, I mean, man, they they have just completely fallen apart here. No defense whatsoever. Uh, Look, you you don't have Stafford. I get it. At the very least, they're going to end the season knowing that they have a capable backup to Stafford. That's the best I can look at it. I'm not a huge Scarborough fan. He was good at Alabama. he wasn't great. They had other guys there. I could definitely see him being a goal line option. I mean, carry on can come back in a couple of weeks and I would expect him to. Well, I think you nailed it though. When you said about Driscoll being a guy that next year is one of the top backups, he looks great. I mean, I mean, as great as, as you can in the circumstances where you're just he looks up. better in the NFL than he did in college. He yeah, played at I, UF. He played at Florida. I, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think this is really good news considering, you know, where they're at with Stafford and he's a little bit older. And this is a guy that becomes very important. I like what you did there with Scarborough getting the lion's share of the carries. Nice dad joke there by oh, you. Didn't even know. But yeah. uh, Dak Prissy, that's why, you know, your money, baby. Your money, you don't even know it. Prescott, going back to him real quick. If you look at the fantasy game log, we talked about him a lot this week um, on the DFS shows and, and some of the other venues of the podcast I do. Because if you look at it, he's getting you points every single week in different ways. He's having some big passing games and he's having some games where he's rushing for touchdowns. and He's doing every week what he needs to do to get you 20 fantasy points basically on FanDuel. Yep. And he's still a notch below that tier of guys like the Watson Breeze group of guys you know, and, and Lamar Jackson. So the fact that he's doing that consistently is something really to take notice of. And the algorithm's caught up to it recently. But for the last couple of weeks, it has not. And Prescott is having a heck of a year, and they're going to have to figure it out because they're going to need to pay this man, that's for sure, because I, I am hard-pressed if you take Prescott away from this team, what they become. Yeah, he's he's been great, fantastic. And and look, uh, you know, paying him is one thing, but seeing the stats is another. And he's been a top-five fantasy quarterback this season, no question. Absolutely. Uh, Fa- Falcons beat the Panthers 29-3, to as we talked about uh, a little bit earlier. Just a good spot for Atlanta. They're playing much better. Uh, Carolina, you know, clearly at this point, seeing that Kyle Allen, they're going to have a problem here. I mean, they could sneak in the playoffs, but he's just, you know, certainly not playing well. Uh, Matt Ryan, 311, uh, one touchdown. Brian Hill was a bust. Only uh, 30 yards on 15 carries. Didn't look good at all. against. And he insulted the fantasy base. Did you catch the tweet after? I did not. Oh, I let my fantasy owners down. Uh, not that I care about that. Ha ha. Some kind of nonsense like yeah, that. I don't like that. Kind of, I don't like, I don't like that. that either. It's unnecessary. Yeah. You play bad. What like are you worried that. about fantasy people for? Just you know, worry about you. Yeah, uh, Allison uh, scored his first career touchdown. He sent out a nice tweet uh, showing his first touchdown ever, so that was cool. Uh, stole that one from Hill. Uh, Calvin Ridley was a, a beast, 8 for 143 and a touchdown, so it looks like he could be the beneficiary of no Hooper. And yeah. Julio Jones does what Julio Jones does, another 15 fantasy points. Great week for him. Uh, Kyle Allen, unstartable at this point, 325, four touchdowns. He's got nine picks over the last four games, I believe. Uh, McCaffrey is uh, breaking all kinds of records. He's on pace to break Chris Johnson's all-time uh, stats numbers. 14 for 70, 11 for 121. No reason to think that he wouldn't do it at this point. Uh, DJ Moore, 8 for 95. Olsen, 5 for 57. And Samuel, who a lot of people loved this week, unfortunately was nothing to love about. He was 4 for 25. So look, Atlanta's playing much better. And uh, and for whatever they discussed, uh, out of, you know, kind of coming back has, has certainly worked for them. They've now offensively, the last three times they've played, showed good things. And their defensive has, has played well, too. I wouldn't fall in love with them. I mean, the Saints did get into this. Saints are having problems scoring in the red zone. They had the problem against Tampa yesterday, too. I've been noticing that. 
But you got to give Atlanta credit. They looked like they were left for dead. But those stats that they were putting up over the course of the season did say that the correction was coming. And it looks like Atlanta, instead of being a two and 14 team, Joe, looks like they're more of a six and 10 team, which does make more sense. It, it certainly does. And uh, Kyle Allen, these four picks were bad. These weren't picks like, oh, my gosh, it went off somebody's hands and somebody picked it off. And, I, you know, sometimes you look at a line. It doesn't tell the whole story. These were bad picks. They it were ill-advised throws, throws where it made no sense. So the guy was clearly going to get picked off. And then he did. Uh, DJ Moore continues to be right as rain, man. I lo- absolutely love this guy. I just, oh, my goodness. Next year, if he could score a half a dozen touchdowns, he's a, he's top five potential wide receiver. He's so consistent. But I'll tell you what, man, I am just blown away. I thought for sure. This was going to be, well, you know, I can't buy into last week what I saw. I think it was a fluke with the Falcons defense, but here we go. Again, they did it this week. It's unbelievable. And I even picked, I had a couple of Kyle Allen shares in DFS lineups. I can't believe all three Kyle Allen lineups I had cashed this, yesterday. I can't believe that happened. It was a miracle of God, but they all did. But the funny part was you come away looking at it and going, oh my goodness, Falcons defense all of a sudden isn't just good. They've been dominant the last two weeks. And no matter what the Saints issues were, put that aside, dominant is dominant and they have been. So the play calling without Mr. Quinn at the helm, clearly something has gone right here. We'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, the Colts and Jaguars uh, get into a tussle and the Bills and Dolphins as well. Not the best teams, but a lot of fantasy points. Don't go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you here on a Monday. We'll update the injury news from around the league. A significant one in Indianapolis for sure on yesterday as the Colts just throttle the Jaguars 33-13. to and uh, and was this game a 20-point win? It could have been more. I mean, Colts could have won this game 51 to nothing. It was not close. It did not deserve to be close. And the Jaguars are certainly headed in the wrong direction. Colts got a big one, uh, especially from the running game. Who would have thought a Jaguars defense would give up 260 rushing yards? But they did. Marlon Mack, 14 for 109. And then the number one pickup in fantasy this week for sure will be Jonathan Williams, 13 for 116, especially with Mack being out. They play Thursday night. Naheem Hines had a touchdown. Marcus Johnson, don't know him, but he had four catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Brissett rushed for a touchdown, 148, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, Nick Foles, look, it wasn't the offense's fault. It was just the defense that couldn't stop anybody, but we'll go through the numbers. Foles, 296, two touchdowns, one interception. Leonard Fournette, eight for 23. Couldn't use them. They were down. Chark had eight for 104 and two touchdowns. Westbrook came back four for 32, and then uh, Conley had six for 58. But uh, one team just didn't show up in this game, and it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Indy just blew them out, Joe. I don't understand this. If you're the Jaguars, you have to smell blood in the water here with the Colts. And they just absolutely got obliterated. Like you said, throttle. That's the word here. It's it's incredible to me that this happened because the Jaguars had a real chance to take this game and build on it. You get their quarterback right. Finally, of all these weeks of playing Minshew. Okay, well, we have the guy that we paid. Let's go in there. Indy is, is limping into this game. The quarterback is healthy enough to play. They lose their running back. And you give up not one but 200-yard rushers in this game. It was appalling. 
Uh, Doug Marone and then the defense should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. I will say this big takeaway here. A lot of people wanted to see what was going to happen here. Was DJ shark going to fade into the background? Was Westbrook going to become the guy again? But uh, I can tell you, and I'm not surprised by it. DJ has looked good all year. He looks like a number one receiver in the NFL. He played like it yesterday, eight for one Oh four and two touchdowns. This guy is probably the waiver wire pickup of the year. I mean, this guy's absolutely brilliant. And it's been wonderful. And he's a guy I think next year you don't you don't worry about. A lot of people will see a guy and go, oh, man, was that a one-year wonder? I don't think so. Not at all. Not from what I've seen watching him. And Jonathan Williams, like you said, he's going to be the, the heavy guy here. Uh, sure. A fracture in the hand for Marlon Mack. We don't know the severity quite yet. But you'd imagine it's a couple weeks at the very minimum. So Williams is going to be the guy now for the stretch run and for the playoffs. So if you have Fab left, this is why you save a little. You can outbid somebody over here because, uh, once again, Brissett, Reich, find a way to win. And it's fantastic. Good for them. Yeah, we'll have to see. They're saying that because uh, Mac could potentially have two weeks if they give him Thursday off, uh, well, they will give him Thursday off. He won't play Thursday, that he could possibly come back the following week. But we'll see. And today we'll get a lot more clarity on that. And also, as a reminder, Joe, which I tried to explain to you over the weekend, but you wanted to poop on Vegas, which is no team that has gone to London, that has had the bye week, has come back and has uh, won or covered. Now a 0-8 against the spread. And who was the team that uh, Jacksonville played in London? Uh, Jacksonville played Houston, and they also got obliterated. Yeah, so I just, I, I'm giving you your, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a I'm giving it up to you. 0-8. Okay. Yeah, 0-8. 0-8. So is that just something now you take for rote next year? You look for that? I don't know. Th- I don't know that you do, but you don't say blah, blah, blah. It's the NFL. I just, well, I mean, it is. I mean, when you have don't a tweet that like out, that. blah, blah, blah. It's the NFL. Come on now. You got to know better. I'm going to go back and listen to your tweet. Blah, blah, blah. It's the NFL. Come on, Joe. That's how they build. They build hotels off your picks in Vegas from that. Stop it. Yeah. But my my point is that who are those teams then playing the following week and all that enters into a lot more. You just can't say this is a trend. Bet it. You have to go dig deeper. That's all I said last time about it. I'm not saying it was wrong to bet it. Just saying, just make sure people are digging closely. You know, you losing your bets and you lost Jacksonville. It was your favorite pick of the week and it lost. That's how. That's what you said. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. I'll take the heat on that. And I also liked. I liked Houston too. And they got absolutely. I thought they would cover and they didn't. Your buddy liked Houston on your on your other on your uh, that was his pick of the week too. All right. uh, Bills beat the Dolphins thirty-seven to twenty. Josh Allen two hundred fifty-six passing yards, three touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. And this game was not close either. A Dolphin scored to make it more interesting. Devin Singletary could be an absolute monster. And hopefully next year he will be. But it will not happen this year because even at the end of the game, what did they do? They took Singletary out. They put Gore in. Shame. 11 carries for Gore, 15 for Singletary. John Brown, who I was trying so hard to trade for last week in every fantasy league. Now I got no shot. This guy is borderline wide receiver one. I mean, really has been. Look at his stats. If you don't, I mean, he has been incredible all season long. And did not see this coming at all. And now I'll never be able to get him. And I regret it. Nine catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Uh, Knox has been like, uh, their tight end has been like scoring every other week. Pretty interesting uh, for him. Maybe he'll be something next year. He had a touchdown. Fitzpatrick, 323 passing yards for the Dolphins. Kalen Balazs is horrible. Nine yards, but he got a touchdown somehow. Jakeem Grant will be an interesting keeper name. I would recommend keeping him in some leagues. He had seven yards and a touchdown. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He is a nice player. It's just he's playing on an awful team. And Devontae Parker's going to get paid in the offseason. Seven catches, 153 yards. He's on pace for his first 1,000-yard season. He's finally coming up with some promise here. But unfortunately for Miami, they ran into a Buffalo Bills team that really needs every win that they could get. And uh, they're one win away, by the way. Very rare at this stage of the season to have teams in the NFL 
going over their win total in November this early. And Buffalo is one win away from that. So certainly, even though they haven't looked like the best team in the NFL, Joe, they are capable enough. I would guess that they'll get into the wild card and we'll see them on the first weekend of the season. Yeah, that is not surprising to me at all. I think that was an easy over for their win total this year. This is a pretty good football team. Very good defensive football team with a young quarterback who's emerging and becoming Cam Newton. I mean, the guy has seven rushing touchdowns, 74 rushes for 331 yards in 10 games. He is Cam Newton. Everything people used to talk about, oh, Cam, look at the stat line, look at the fantasy line. That's what he is. And he's been absolutely fantastic from now. I had a lot of Josh Allen lineups in DFS yesterday, and they all, those all did well, too. Um, Josh Allen has been very good in fantasy. Yes, there's still some moments where you watch Josh Allen and the accuracy is an issue. Still got a big arm, though. John Brown, certainly a great matchup there for him. We talked, I think, on Thursday's show, we did that lineup where we talked about, you know, this is the value lineup and and what usually wins in each position in terms of cost. And um, one of the guys we talked about was John Brown and being that good return. So hopefully you listened to the program and hopefully you had some shares of him because it was a really good day there for Buffalo. And I think it's good that Miami's playing more competitive football. You want to still lose if you're the Dolphins, but it's nice to play competitive. It's nice to show up and play for your coach. And also, in terms of Jakeem Grant, this is a guy last year who ran for a couple touchdowns and in, in kick returns and whatnot. So, not surprising. He is that kind of a playmaker. He had a couple of those last year. So, if you're in a league where that wins and you get points for that, then pay attention to him. Outside of that, I think it's tough to pay attention to him. Yeah, more of a next year thing, but they just have no running backs there. So, I could see him being uh, like Tariq Cohen, uh, that, that kind of guy. Maybe. Maybe. A Sproles kind of guy. Maybe a little bit more next year. I just wouldn't give up on him yet. Uh, all right, time to give up on the Buccaneers. That's for sure. Saints beat the Bucs 34-17. to 17. The game was actually fairly close for a while, but when you have Winston involved, eventually it's going to be over. That's what happened. Uh, Drew Brees, 228 yards, three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara definitely looked better last week. I'm, uh, this Sunday, I watched this game very closely. I was more encouraged with him. 75 rushing yards and 47 receiving yards. I was not with Murray, who couldn't do anything. 27 yards. Michael Thomas, we've talked about a lot. Eight for 114 and a touchdown. Cook at tight end had two catches, 33 yards and a touchdown. And Ted Ginn, once every few games, catches one he did on Sunday. Uh, Winston uh, gave you okay fantasy points because of the yards, 313 passing yards, two touchdowns. He threw four interceptions. He also fumbled once. He did recover that one. Ronald Jones, as I suspected, uh, the Saints were, were covering him out of the backfield, and it was over. It's just what happened last week against Arizona. They The Saints are just too smart. They got the film. And every time Winston was looking his way, a linebacker was there, and they just forgot that they could run the ball. Four for 13, two receptions, complete and total utter bust for Ronald Jones yesterday. It's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Bray, 10 catches, 73 yards, because O.J. Howard attempted one catch. It hit him in the chest. It went over his back. It was picked. Godwin had the touchdown for Tampa, three for 47. Evans, four for 69. And the Saints basically... I'm I'm still a little worried about them watching this game because they they basically gave uh, Tampa a chance so many different times they had trouble in the red zone for whatever reason. This is the second week in a row against Atlanta they had a hard time scoring and against Tampa they had a hard time scoring. So the score is a little skewed because you had this quarterback on the other side who just gives games away like Winston does. But uh, look, certainly Thomas is the big you know takeaway from here is that you can play him and every week and it just doesn't matter who he plays against. He's going to have a monster game. Yeah, you saw the four pick Winston show up again. Like you said, they were ready for Ronald Jones and they stopped him. And uh, that was all she wrote pretty much for them. Um, I will say also, too, it's nice to see Jared Cook catch a touchdown. You're right. They have been struggling a little bit in the red zone. And Cook was a guy that I thought was a really good ROI on tight end and fantasy this year. And he has not been. Now, I don't know if that's just because like Teddy Bridgewater did, <laughs> doesn't like him. I don't know what happened there. Uh, but 
if Cook becomes a thing here in this latter part of the season, it would not surprise me at all because they really do kind of lack that. And I think the biggest takeaway is Kamara looked healthy for the first time in a long time. It's not been a good season for him. This was certainly the kind of matchup where you would want to go with Kamara catching the ball out of the backfield more than you want Murray running the ball because the Bucks front has played well and also the weakness of that secondary and the linebacking core with the Bucks. But Kamara getting this kind of game was, I think, really important for fantasy owners. I feel like fantasy owners saw this game and like you said, if you watched it, he looked good doing it, too. It wasn't just stats. He actually looked comfortable out there for first time in a while and healthy. And I think if you're a fantasy owner, an owner of Kamara, you look back and you go, OK. And I feel like as a DFS community, too, there hasn't been a whole lot of Alvin Kamara shares in the last couple of weeks. Let me tell you, <laughs> zero. And there was a part of me that was kind of curious about this one because of what the game plan might be. And it was good. Now, you know, the touchdown would have been nicer to have one of those along with this game. But at the same time, I think you notice this, you take notice of it into next week and you see what the pricing is and you say, okay, maybe it's time to start getting into the Camara business again before everybody else does, because you know, he's got talent, you know, he's got huge ceiling potential in a lot of games. So you want to see this and look, Drew Brees on the road, 223. This is what he does last year on the road. He averaged 217 passing yards. He had the three touchdowns, but Brees on the road is not Brees at home, period. End of story. Yeah, and, and I think that on the Tampa Bay side, I, I think I'm fine. Like Winston, in, in terms of fantasy, is going to help you the rest of the year. I mean, he still ended up getting 14 fantasy points. He did better than Kyle Allen. He's going to do better than, you know, six or seven other quarterbacks. So he's a guy that fills in when you have a guy out. And the other thing that it might take away, too, is that Arians is a great coach. Arians is a great coach for fantasy. Next year, whoever the quarterback is in Tampa is going to put up these kind of numbers like Winston is, for sure, and 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 throw deep and throw to those two receivers who are there, no doubt. The difference is, is that in fantasy and reality, it's two different stories. Tampa Bay is not a good team in reality because Winston makes too many st- mistakes. But wherever the Bucks decide to go at quarterback next year, and it will be away from Winston, I will target that guy at least as a quarterback, too, in fantasy. Because he Arians takes a million shots down the field with his quarterbacks. Winston is just not the right guy to do it. That's the unfortunate part with Tampa. You're right. You're right. Who is the right That's guy? It. We should figure that out tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll have to start. Really yeah, save it for it. tomorrow. We got too much to do today. Today's easy. Yeah, he's I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a shame. And, and again, I think that it's look, it's just it's the same thing that's been going on uh, for a long time with him. I mean, he was very a bad investment by Tampa to give him all that money for sure. But look, I understand that you're trying to find your franchise guy. Other teams have whiffed on worse quarterbacks, by the way, in the NFL. Winston's actually shown some promise, but just basically no one in uh, in the NFL has thrown more picks than him in the last three years. It's, you, you can't have it. Can't turn the ball over in the NFL. That's the only thing you can't do. You can suck. You could just hand the ball <laughs> off and, and you can and you can be Jared Goff and win a million games, but you cannot throw picks. Can't do that. All right. Uh, that will do it for this hour. We've got the best of our first hour coming up and then we'll touch on hour number two. Uh, what in the world? How were the Redskins possibly favored in this game? I just did not understand that one. Uh, they took on the Jets. Uh, and what were the Broncos doing at the end of their game against the Vikings? Man, some bad clock management. Denver should have won that game for sure. We'll touch on that as well. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today, and we'll be right back. Don't go back. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. The Lions going for two. I don't get it. These teams keep doing it. And why not just go for it at the end of the game to win the game as opposed to going for, like what metrics tell you that you're supposed to go I, I for think, it here? I think some of it has to do with point. whether, you know, how long the drive is, the defense tired, you have momentum, are they on their heels? I think that, I think it's a feel. I, I think that's all it is, honestly. I like what you did bad, there too. Bad. Well, it might be bad, but I'm saying I believe I believe the metrics probably telling you that, you know, if, if you do it here in a spot where you have momentum, you have a better chance of succeeding um, and just well, taking now, the well, shot well, while you're hot. I, I guess I don't agree with it because then you're down. Now you're down eight. I'm just trying to throw out the reasoning. I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, but congratulations to Dallas fans because uh, <laughs> or Cowboys better than if, if you bet the Lions. I mean, man, they, they have just completely fallen apart here. No defense whatsoever. Uh, look, you, you don't have Stafford. I get it. At the very least, they're going to end the season knowing that they have a capable backup to Stafford. That's the best I can look yeah. at it. I'm not a huge Scarborough fan. He was good at Alabama. Uh, he wasn't great. They had other guys there. I could definitely see him being a goal line option. I mean, carry on can come back in a couple of weeks and I would expect him to. Well, I think you nailed it, though, when you said about Driscoll being a guy that next year is one of the top backups. He looks great. I mean, I'm mean, as great as, as you can <laughs> in the circumstances where you're just he looks up. better in the NFL than he did in college. He yeah, played at I, UF. He played at Florida. I, I I don't disagree with that. And I think this is really good news considering, you know, where they're at with Stafford. And he's a little bit older. And this is a guy that becomes very important. I like what you did there with Scarborough getting the lion's share of the carries. Nice dad joke there by oh, you. Didn't even know. But yeah. uh, Dak Percy, that's why, you know, you're, you're, you're money, baby. You're money. You don't even know it.